0: Tonight's speaker, um, many of you guys have met him this weekend. He led us in worship, and I already, you know, so many people already came to me and said how much worship blessed them. Wasn't it an anointed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, but our this speaker is also an amazing anointed preacher, and he's gonna bring you a bomb word tonight. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's welcome up Pastor John. All right, it is amazing to be here tonight. I'm, I'm really honored, as, as Tina was saying, I'm the worship pastor. I don't know she, actually, she might not have mentioned it. I'm the worship pastor at New Philadelphia Church. Leading worship is something I love doing. David did an awesome job. Do you guys love praise here? Man, you guys are really blessed. It's, uh, God is, is doing an incredible work here. And I think the first time it struck me how, how much God's heart is for this ministry was a couple of years ago. Before I'd been to any Emmaus retreats, before I'd spoken at any Emmaus large groups, uh, one year, I think it was a spring for the Emmaus retreat, I wasn't involved with the retreat, but I was asked kind of last minute, I forget by who, one of the Emmaus staff leaders, if I could uh, just drive, because I have a driver's license in Korea, if I could just haul equipment across the city, bring it to the retreat center, a team vision center there, same place, and just go home. And that's 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 all we want you to do. That's all we need you to do. Could you please do that for us? And for me, it was it was actually like you guys. I was a student at that time. I was actually studying in the same place David's studying now at Torch Trinity Seminary. It was a, a really busy time with ministry and everything. I didn't have any time to do that. And in my heart, I said, you know, if I I was complaining in my heart. Outwardly, I just said, yeah, I'll do it because you need it done, and I'll you know I'll come, I'll bless you and that sort of thing. And so I went across the city, went to Sarah's place, uh, picked up some food, went to Itaewon Sanctuary, New Philly, and picked up some equipment, brought it all the way across the city to the north part of the city to Team Vision Center. And I had this complaining in my heart, God, I have no time to do this sort of thing. This is, this is, I got so many things to do. Why am I doing this? And I felt while I was driving over there, the Lord like apprehended me. He like he grabbed a hold of something inside of me and he spoke strongly to me. And he said, John, I am blessing you to have this small role in the amazing things I'm going to do in this retreat and through this ministry. And I was stopped. I couldn't believe what the Lord said. Like I, I was just driving the food and equipment and God said, I'm honoring you by giving you a chance to have a piece of this. That's what the Lord told me. And from that moment on, the Lord's been opening my eyes and awakening my heart to his heart for this ministry. God, You don't realize how much God is for this ministry and the, the ministries on the campuses across Seoul. God's doing an amazing, incredible work. And I was asking the Lord what his heart was for tonight. As I was, as I was thinking... Through what I would speak on and what I would preach. And what I felt the Lord emphasized to me was the importance of the presence of God. Prioritizing the presence of God and being a people of the presence of God. This is the image I I received when I was asking the Lord what his heart was for tonight. I saw Emmaus students. Across Yonsei campus. That's what I saw. I know you guys are from different campuses here, but I saw Yonsei campus and students on the campus on fire. People burning and glowing brightly for God that were completely set apart, completely different, where you obviously knew there was something different about these people. There was something clearly different about them, and they were burning. And I felt the Lord say, that's what I want for my people. That's what I want for the people that I have on this campus to be burning ones. People who are saturated with my presence. Who are on this campus. Saturated with my presence. Did you guys enjoy the presence of God this past weekend? Those of you guys who were there? I mean, I guess some of you guys, some of you guys probably felt God more powerfully than you ever have before. If that was your case, if... If you felt God this past weekend more powerfully than you ever have before, put your hand up just for a second. Come on. Come on. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, some people who went, I bet some people who went didn't feel the presence of God as much as they were hoping to. You don't need to put your hand up if that's you. It's okay. I just, you know, because that that often happens. You probably sent something you had, you were blessed in some way. Uh, By being on on, uh, at the retreat, but maybe you were a bit disappointed Regardless of whatever case it was for you God's presence was moving powerfully and he changed you Whether you realize it or not because his presence was in that place And whenever god's presence is in a place the people who go there can't leave unchanged It's not actually possible It's impossible to have an encounter with god even one that you don't feel And not walk away the same person you were before. Not possible. And so what I feel God wants me to emphasize are some principles of the presence of God. So we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at four principles of the presence of God. There are many principles we could look at. I'm looking at four tonight that I feel are very important for this group here. Okay, four principles. First principle. We can be in God's presence anytime we want to. Do you guys believe that? Are you there? You don't have to go to a college ministry retreat to be in the presence of God. You don't have to come to large group to be in the presence of God. You don't have to depend on big settings. You don't have to go to conferences. You don't have to go and do all these incredible extravagant things to receive the presence of God. You can be in the presence of God anytime, anywhere you want. God's made a way for that to be possible for you. I want you, if, you're, if you have a Bible here, turn to Hebrews 10. We'll see what the author of Hebrews has to say about it. Hebrews is at the end of the Bible. It's a couple of books before Revelation. In Hebrews 10, verse 19, the author of that book says this. says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, we can be in the very presence of God simply because of what Jesus has done for us. Do you know what goes on in the presence of God, by the way? Like in Revelation, anyone here read Revelation 4 and 5? You know, like those, if you've never read Revelation 4 and 5, you should go home tonight, go to your dorm and read Revelation 4 and 5 because they're some of the most, two of the most incredible passages or chapters in the entire Bible. Two of my favorite for sure. It's basically the Apostle John gets taken up to heaven And he gets to see what's going on in the very presence of God, where these 24 elders are falling on their faces before the glory of God. And you've got angels. It says 10,000 times 10,000 angels, however many that is. I don't know. If you're good at math, you probably figure that out really quick. 10,000 times 10,000. Anyone know, by the way? 10,000 times 10,000. Who's got a number? 100 million? 100 million hundred million? Okay. So it says there are like a hundred million angels there. Get a picture of that. All right. Like a hundred million angels surrounded the throne of God and they're crying out, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Incredible stuff going on there. And the Bible says, because of what Jesus has done, you can just walk right in anytime you want. Right now, we were in the presence of God. I don't know if you noticed it. But when you praise the Lord, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And you can just ascend into the very presence of God and be with him and enjoy his presence there. You can go anytime, anywhere. Very simple principle. You can enjoy him all the time. You can do it in your dorm room. You can do it on the bus. You can just get lost in the presence of God. You ever do that? Get lost in the presence of God on the bus? I, on the subway? Anyone ever been on the green line? Treadmill? Okay. Ever been on the green line and like just fall asleep and you go all the way around? Has that ever happened to anyone? Yeah? You can actually do that being lost in the presence of God too. Just be in in glory, in glory and just like forget where you're going. But anyways, the point being, you don't need to go to retreats anytime you want. Any morning you want, in your dorm room, anywhere, be in the presence of God. Why would you want to be anywhere else? When it comes down to it, is there anything better than that? Is there anything more beautiful than Jesus? Then just be with him. He says, come. Like if you had to pay a price for that, there's no price you could pay. Jesus paid it with his blood. And he said, just come. I paid it already. I paid your entrance fee. Just come. Show up and you can come with boldness. Angels, there's this concept that angels fear to tread around the throne of God. They're like, because God is holy and awesome and all-consuming fire. And he says, you can actually walk there with confidence because you're a son, you're a child of the living God. And the price has been paid for you to be with God anytime, anywhere. So why would you not really when it comes down to it? Okay. First principle, we can be in God's presence Anytime we want, you don't have to be a super Christian for it. You don't have to be like Billy Graham, mother Teresa, you know, whoever it is. I mean, of course, are they both dead now? Billy Graham, did he die? Is he still alive? He's still alive. I forget. Anyways, you don't have to be a super Christian. You can be whoever you want. As a believer of God, if the blood of Jesus has covered you and cleansed you, you're in. First principle, you can be there anytime you want. Okay. Very simple. Second thing. When we stop spending time in God's presence, we cool off spiritually. Again, very simple, but very important. If you decide that you want to go to a retreat and get fired up for God and think that's enough, that's going to keep you going for a long time, you're fooling yourself. Because that's just a start. That's just a fire starter. That gets you going. But you got to cultivate that fire if you want to keep burning for jesus coming out to large group is a part of that as well but even if you just come with the large group and you don't spend time in the presence of the lord for the rest of the week that's not going to do you no good you're going to cool off spiritually tomorrow if you don't cultivate it today okay hebrews 12 says this interesting image for god it says that our god and i just mentioned earlier is an all consuming fire. There are many images of God throughout the Bible. One of them is that He's a fire. He's an all consuming fire. He, there's no fire like God, okay? When you get into His presence, you're gonna get hot. You're gonna get on fire. Jensen, where's Jensen? You're gonna get on fire, Jensen, <laughs> if you're in the presence of God, okay? brother jensen he, i saw him oh man you can ask him about it but he's he's experienced some crazy fire anyways in the presence of god so if uh if i were to take say i'm gonna take this ring off this is my wedding ring my wife's here by the way my beautiful wife her name is pastor nita many of you met her at the retreat she was there as well uh i'm gonna put this back on right away okay uh If I were to take this ring off and I were to put it in a fire and this is made of gold. Okay. It's a gold ring. If I were to put this in a fire, it would get really hot, right? If I were to take it out of the fire, it would stay hot for a bit, but eventually it would cool down. If I left it by itself, it would stop being hot. Now, obviously what is the best way to make it hot again? put it in the fire. You put it in the fire, instantly it gets hot again. It does not take much, but every time you remove it from the fire, it's going to cool off. That is for you as a believer. When you get out of the presence of God, when you don't prioritize the presence of God, put it on the right finger. When you don't prioritize the presence of God, you are inevitably going to cool off. I've seen it time and time and time and time and time again. It's been a while since I was your age. I'm a bit older than you. And I've seen so many of my friends, so many of the people that I know who were on fire for God when I was in college. And they failed to prioritize the presence of God and they just cooled off. They started prioritizing other things and inevitably they got cooler. When you spend time with the Lord you heat up, you resemble him, okay? You carry his presence with you. You carry the fragrance of the Lord with you when you leave his presence after you've been in his presence. It's like if there's a girl who's wearing really strong perfume, okay? If there's someone you know, not in this room obviously, but if there's someone you know, And, and like that person were to give you a big hug, you know, you would leave that person's presence smelling like the perfume, right? Because you've been in the person's presence, just like the aroma of God. When you spend time in the aroma of, in the presence of God, you carry his aroma when you leave. But after a little while, you stop smelling like God and you got to get back in the presence to smell like God again and carry the aroma, when you spend time away from the presence of God, you cool off. That's principle number two. Got it? Principle number one, we can be in God's presence anytime we want. The price is paid. Principle two, when we stop spending time in God's word or God's presence, we cool off spiritually. Principle number three, the people who have been most effective for the kingdom of God throughout history have been the people who have prioritized the presence of God. Across the board, I I have not seen where this is not the case. The people who have been most effective for the kingdom of God throughout history have been those who have prioritized the presence of God. Do you want to be effective for God on this campus? On Seoul National, whatever campus you're from, if you want to be effective. Most effective for the kingdom of God on this campus, you need to prioritize the presence of God. Look at the Bible, okay? The greatest leaders of the Bible were the people who prioritized the presence of God, like Moses. People often consider Moses to be like, if not the greatest, at least one of the greatest leaders in all of the Bible. He led God's people through the wilderness and toward the promised land, led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea, part of the Red Sea with his staff, right? Led his people through on dry grounds and led his people through the desert. But he was a man of God's presence. God actually allowed him. There's like a tent that was set up for, for Moses, essentially. There's a tent that was set up for the presence of God with this big box called the, the Ark of the Tabernacle. Ark of the Covenant. Oh my goodness! I was like, I, that sounds completely wrong. The Ark of the Covenant was in the Tabernacle. Uh, I knew it wasn't right. Uh, and so it was—it was this tent that was set up. It was called the Tent of Meeting. And Moses had access to that place anytime he wanted to. At that time, the other Israelites, the people of God, that time they didn't have access. I was just talking about how we all have access anytime we want. They didn't have it, but Moses did. So Moses spent a whole lot of time in the presence of God. And he was going to be on his way into the promised land, if you know the story. He's going to lead his people into the land that God had promised them. But he has this moment with God in Exodus 34 and 33, actually, where he says, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't even send us into that land because Moses understood that you could receive the promises of God the land that had been promised to those people you could receive amazing gifts from God and not have his presence and Moses was like I don't have any interest in your promises if it doesn't come with your presence Moses wanted the presence so badly he said that's that's the most important thing I don't care about anything else give me your presence Think about David. David was the greatest king in Israel's history, right? King David. The nation of Israel was larger then during his reign than it ever has been at any other time in history. He was the most successful king on every level, on every front, really. And what does he say in Psalm 27? He says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of God and to inquire of him in his temple. He just wanted one thing. Greatest leader. That's where his priority was. Most effective king. That's where his priority was. He was a man who prioritized the presence of God. If he had his way, he would just stay in the presence of God all the time. But he knew that he had to get certain things done, right? You know, you got to go to school, you got to go to class, you got to do a lot of things. But if he had his way, he's like, I just want to be with God all the time. And because of that priority in his life, he became the most effective king ever. A man who prioritized the presence of God. You look at the Apostle Paul. He said, this guy was the greatest missionary of the New Testament, right? He took the gospel all over the Roman Empire at that time, was saving who knows how many people across many cities. He was going all over the place. And he said, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is the guy who said to live is Christ and to die is gain. I just want to be with Jesus. That's all Paul was saying. I just want to be with Jesus. If I had my way, that's what I would want to do. That was first and foremost in his heart and he was the greatest missionary that you will ever find in Scripture. A man who prioritized the presence of God. You look at history as well. Look at Martin Luther. You guys know who Martin Luther is. He gave us the Reformation, was the leading figure in the Reformation in the 16th century. This guy, he, he was a man of the presence of God. He would say things like, and he's a busy guy, right? Martin Luther, busy guy, wrote a lot of books, fighting off the Catholics, Fighting off the Anabaptists. Uh, I'm an Anabaptist, and I, you know, Martin Luther and my ancestors had a thing going against each other, but that's okay. I still honor Martin Luther. What's that? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Martin Luther said this. He said, I have, he's quoted as saying, I have so much business to take care of. I cannot get on without spending at least three hours daily in prayer does that make any sense to you by the way? He saying I, I, I don't have enough time to get done the things I need to get done. So I'd better spend more time in prayer. That was Martin Luther's understanding. That was his mentality. I can't get everything done. I better spend more time praying. Who thinks that way? i spitting here. Sorry. Who thinks that way? Really? But he was a man who prioritized the presence of God. I could keep going. Like the greatest leaders of history, the the people who did the most lasting, fruitful work for the kingdom of God were those people who made much of the presence of God. If you want to make the biggest impact you can on the world, you guys are young, you guys have dreams in your hearts. If you want to make the biggest impact possible in the world, prioritize the presence of God. Do it and see how God blesses you. I challenge you, do it and see what God does through you as you prioritize his presence, as you cultivate it daily on your own, in small groups, in the dorm, wherever you go. You cultivate that, you see what God does through you. Okay? Fourth principle, the more you prioritize the presence of God, the more you will become like Jesus. I guarantee it. Actually, I should say, you could prioritize the presence of God. You could spend lots of time in the presence of God and completely forget about what you did and go and do another thing. You could possibly do that. It's possible, but it's pretty difficult. I've seen it happen, but generally, when you prioritize the presence of God, when you get into his presence you start changing and becoming like Jesus. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God are being transformed from glory to glory into his likeness. When you behold God, when you get into his presence, you become more like Jesus. The Apostle John says in 1 John 3, he says, when we see Jesus face-to-face, someday we're going to see Jesus face-to-face. Amen? Are you guys looking forward to that day? Yeah. Someday, you're going to stand before Jesus. He's going to be like a man, because Jesus is a man, right? He's a man in a resurrected human body. He's going to be standing right in front of you, okay? And you're going to look, you're going to look into his eyes. You're going to look into the eyes of Jesus. And on that day, you are going to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus, you're going to be just like him. You're going to have the same level of holiness, the same level of, you know, the same level of love in you that Jesus has. You're going to be transformed. That's what John says. Okay. You're going to be like Jesus. And so right now on earth, every glimpse we get of Jesus is a greater transformation into his likeness. You want to be like Jesus? You could read a book. You could take a class but by far the best, most effective way to become like Jesus is to spend time with them. And you see that. that, That's just like, that's a natural principle. If you spend all your time with someone who's really negative and sarcastic, you will become really negative and sarcastic. I guarantee it. It's going to wear on you. If you spend time watching movies, that are violent, and you keep feeding yourself with that, you'll become violent. If not outwardly, you'll become it inwardly. You become what you behold. That is a principle for life in every realm. You become what you behold. You guys know any people who really prioritize the presence of God? Any like maybe back home or something or someone you know here? okay thank you it's good to be around people who prioritize the presence of god because they're they're kind of like jesus it's like no no seriously the people that you you get around who love being in the presence of god there's like the aroma of christ in them and they're kind of like they're becoming like jesus i got a friend in canada Who is, he's a man, he's a man who prioritizes the presence of God. He loves being in the presence of God. He's a pastor. He's actually a youth pastor at one of the largest, one of the largest youth ministries in Canada. And he loves, he loves being with the Lord. And every chance I get, I want to be with him. Every time I go back to Canada, I'm from Canada. Every time I go back to Canada... He's like number one on my list of people to see outside of my family, like my immediate family. I want to spend time with him because every time I spend time with him, I feel encouraged. Every time I spend time with him, I just get like a glimpse of Jesus. Like it stirs in my heart and it challenges me. And it's like, man, this guy loves Jesus and he's kind of like Jesus. And I love being around him. And this man, you might think, you know, if you spend a lot of time in the presence of God, you become more irrelevant to people like you ever hear that saying like that person is so heavenly minded he's of no earthly good i heard that saying growing up i think that's a harmful and i'm not going to call it useless it's a it's an inaccurate if nothing else statement because the more you become like Jesus. Jesus was the most relevant person ever, by the way. He connected with people better than anyone else. If you want to make a difference on this campus, you become more like Jesus, and Jesus manifests through you, and people are changed and transformed. This campus is turned upside down. When you spend time in the presence of God, you become more like Jesus. You want to stop sinning Spend time in the presence of God. Honestly, I mean, Jesus, if you want to become like Jesus, Jesus is holy. Jesus never sins, right? If you've got like a sin habit, then spend time with the Lord. Keep spending time and being transformed in his presence. Because I guarantee you, the people, they're not actually people, they're beings. The beings in God's presence right now don't have a sin issue, right? You got like four living creatures. It's like one that's like an eagle. One's like a lion. One's the face of a man, you know, and, and they're all gazing upon Jesus. Okay. You got the hundred million angels. Is that it? 100 million angels around the throne of God. They're gazing. They're beholding the beauty of God. I guarantee you they're not tempted to sin in that place. When you're looking at Jesus, sinning is the last thing that's on your mind. You can't. I don't think it's possible. You got a problem with lust? Get in the presence of God. Fill your mind, fill your heart with the things that are truly beautiful. Eternally beautiful and right. And you're not going to have a desire for it over time. You're just going to lose it. It's going to lose its grasp on you. Okay? Okay. If you want to become more like Jesus and have the greatest impact possible on this world, on this campus, wherever you go, prioritize the presence of God. Get used to being in the presence of God. And this is my heart for you. This is what's stirring in my heart right now at this very moment. As I look at all of you wonderful college students, beautiful college students, you're not going to stay this age forever. You're going to get older. You're going to get as old as me. If Jesus doesn't come before then. And I pray that he does. Come Lord Jesus. But you are in a very good place right now in this, you know, in this ministry, in this group. But if you don't cultivate the presence of God long term, you're going to go cold. And all of this is just going to be a distant memory. It's going to be like back in the day I did that. But now I've got other things that are more important to me. I'm raising kids. I got a family. I got a job, you know. I got a house, whatever it might be. If you do not cultivate the presence of God on a consistent basis, it all slips away, slides away from you. What you need to do, and I was challenged, I heard this many years ago, and it struck me hard. You want to see yourself as a 40-year-old man or woman completely in love with Jesus. What does that look like? Think of your, where are you going to be in, like, 20 years? Imagine yourself as, like, a 60- or 70-year-old man or woman. Completely in love with Jesus. That takes cultivating the presence of God over time. Because the world, the world system is all about stripping the love of Jesus from you. It's all about turning your eyes to other things. Jesus says in Matthew 24, the love of many in the last days will grow cold. It will grow cold but his heart is for you to burn. His heart is for you to burn on the long haul, the long journey. It's not a short distance race. It's a marathon. It's a long distance race. And God says, cultivate it day by day, by day, by day. It's not about going to retreat, getting hit, and then leaving it and thinking you're going to just slide on through. God says, if you want the fullness, if you want the fullness you cultivate the presence of God consistently. I feel tonight there's a grace for that. There's a grace for that. There's a grace to that God wants to release to us to consistently get in, to consistently get before the Lord. We're just going to close our eyes. We're going to. Lord's going to speak into this. He's going to touch us. He's going to dispense grace to us.